This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. I've done numerous videos on various pious devotions in the past, but many of them may be too complicated for the faithful layperson who is generally a novice at sacred tradition, and they're just trying to reorient their faith life away from modernist laxity. It's a tall order for someone to go from barely praying before meals to offering a rosary novena of novenas or praying the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary every day. So today I have for you the simplest devotion to keep that will help you get started on this journey. Plus I have a story that was told by numerous saints throughout history that you might have heard. I just heard a traditional priest tell the tale I'm going to tell you in a homily this past Sunday, and I thought I should recount it to you as well, one version of it at any rate. There are very slight deviations of this story all over the internet, and I'm going to tell it to you because it's directly tied to this devotion, and it's also very entertaining, as the title of the video suggests. The devotion I'm talking about is the Three Hail Marys devotion. It's very straightforward. When you wake up, fall to your knees if you are able, and recite Three Hail Marys. Do the same just before you go to bed. That is the most basic level of this. This is all done in, a, in addition to your usual morning offering and nightly self-examination as well, and any other usual morning or evening prayers that you might have. But you say three Hail Marys. Many of you probably keep this devotion already, so let's go a little further into it. This practice of reciting the Ave Maria three times in the morning and at night was first revealed to St. Melchitilde, it's a name I have never seen before, <laughs> in the 13th century, while she was praying for our Blessed Mother to assist her at her hour of death. Our Lady appeared to her as an apparition and said, I will certainly, but I also want you to say three special Hail Marys to me every day. The first Hail Mary will be in honor of God the Father, whose omnipotence raised my soul so high above every other creature, that after God I have the greatest power in heaven and on earth. In the hour of your death I will use that power of God the Father to keep any hostile power far from you. The second Hail Mary will be said in honor of the Son of God, who communicated his inscrutable wisdom to me. In the hour of your death, I will fill your soul with the light of that wisdom, so that all the darkness of ignorance and error will be dispelled. The third Hail Mary will be in honor of God the Holy Ghost, who filled my soul with the sweetness of his love and tenderness and mercy. In your last hour, I will then change the bitterness of death into divine sweetness and delight. St. Melchitilde wasn't the only saint to promote this devotion, or to have it revealed to her by Our Lady. She also revealed it to St. Gertrude the Great, to whom she said, To any soul who faithfully prays the three Hail Marys, I will appear at the hour of death, and a splendor so extraordinary that it will fill the soul with heavenly consolation. Now, the hour of death is interesting theologically. The greatest minds of the Church throughout history have said the same thing the exorcists say. Often for the faithful, the hour of death is the most critical for salvation, because the demonic focus like never before, for it is their last chance to snare you. This pious devotion promises to protect you in that hour, and obviously it has been approved by the church, given how widespread it is, without most people understanding its origins. But I want to go deeper, and I'll do so by sharing a story that was shared by St. Alphonsus Liguori and by numerous priests down until our time, the story of the demon under the bed. Now you may have heard this, but if not, this story is about how this pious practice can really save you from darkness if you keep it. It's often called a legend of Mary, one of many, and while you're not required to believe it to be a true story, even as an allegory, it is a powerful one that drives the point home. This legend of Mary is published by Tradition and Action on their website, and I'll have a special weekend update for 
my show notes over at returntotradition.org. That's returntotradition.org. If you want to read this for yourself, this variation of the Marian legend was penned by Marian Therese Horvat. Yeah, so go ahead and have a look at it. If you've probably heard a version of this, I heard a version from a priest recently. So, without further ado. In the city of Naples in the early 15th century, a certain distinguished gentleman began to entertain the modern notions of the day critical of the Catholic Church. Soon he abandoned the practice of the faith, and was causing great scandal among the faithful for his open ridicule of those who frequented the sacraments and practiced popular pious devotions. Nonetheless, his affairs prospered, as so often happens among the men of this world. He became famous for the marvelous feasts and parties that he frequently hosted in his palatial residence. Of particular interest to all was an unusual little steward who would serve the astonished guest. Dressed in a charming red velvet and gold braid vest and hat, serving plates with perfect propriety, and then offering charming displays of acrobatics, was none other than a grinning little monkey. It was the talk of the city, and many of the ladies who pleaded with their husbands to accept the invitations to a feast put on by the avowed agnostic so that they might witness the marvelous sight. Before too long, the gossip about the strange steward reached the ears of a parish priest, renowned for his holiness and virtue. But instead of dismissing the talk or issuing warning about attending the parties of one so opposed to the Holy Church, the priest asked to receive an invitation to the next gala event to see for himself the truth of this talk. The host at first desisted. None of these foolish, sour-faced clerics would set foot on his premises. But in the end, his spirit of pride conquered. He wanted to flaunt the feats and antics of his devoted little four-footed servant to the credulous priest. The invitation was issued. The evening arrived, and the priest rang at the bronze gates of the palace some time after the festivities had begun. A priest begging leave to enter my hall, his jovial host remarked at his entrance, will wonders never cease, but indeed this is a house of wonders. Yes, so I have heard, the priest calmly replied, and truly, I must say, I am interested to see this amazing sight of a monkey who serves a man. The host immediately rang his special silver bell that called his peculiar steward to his presence, but the monkey, who only moments before had been charming a group of ladies with his antics, did not appear. The baffled host shook his head in amazement. This was the first time it had failed to respond to his call. The priest insisted he had come expressly to see the strange sight and would not be deprived of the pleasure. The host called again. No reply. The monkey seemed to have disappeared. A search of the house was made, and finally the creature was discovered, shaking in his velvet suit under the bed of the host. It was dragged out from under the bed, the little creature trembling and struggling to escape the presence of the priest. Now, the priest demanded, I command you in the name of the Almighty God, three in one, to tell your master who you are and what is your purpose in this house. Forced to obey, the furious, still-trembling monkey spat out these words to his shocked master. I am no ordinary beast. I am a demon from hell who has taken on the form of a monkey who attends to your every bid and call. And so I do, but I await under your bed every night for the first night that you might leave off that abominable custom taught to you by your mother of saying three Hail Marys before you retire. For then, and only then, do I have permission to strangle you in your sleep and drag your soul to the eternal fires. With these words spoken, the writhing monkey disappeared. The arrogance and mocking manner of the host faded with the wretched creature. 
Ashen-faced and shaken, he turned to the priest. Ah, my fortunate man, the holy man said, for fortune indeed you have been to have retained this small devotion to the mother of mercies, who never abandons even the most wretched who have recourse to her. He heard the confession of the man, who became a model of faith in the city, and was especially renowned for his tender devotion in the Virgin Mary. And there is the story, or historic account, or perhaps legend, we're not really sure, of the story of the demon monkey and the power of the three Hail Marys. It's an interesting practice, to be sure, and it is approved by the Church. Pope St. Pius X gave his apostolic blessing to the practice, and it was later elevated by Benedict XV to the level of an arch-confraternity. So there's actually an organization out there involved in this, or at least there was before the council. I don't know if it's still around. And it was given the recommendation that it be accompanied by extra prayers. So here's how we get a little deeper into this. St. Leonard of Port Maurice would give this practice as penance for those struggling with impurity with this addition. In the morning and evening, first and last thing you do in the day, recite the three Hail Marys in honor of the great privileges of grace bestowed upon our Blessed Mother by the Triune God, and include these invocations at the end. In the morning, after the three Hail Marys say, O my mother, preserve me from mortal sin during this day. In the evening, just before going to bed, recite the three Hail Marys and follow it with the invocation, O mother, preserve me from mortal sin during this night. It's really that simple. I'll put these in my special show notes today at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with a .org at the end. Skip past the Patreon pop-up unless you want to become a patron of the channel, since there is no paywall for my sources, and then just look for the one with either the title of this video or the weekend show notes title. But have a look at it, especially if you're trying to just have the prayer life of the typical good, faithful Catholic from better times in church history than ours. This is a great and easy place to start. I hope you found this helpful, and this story both informative and entertaining. Please pray for me and for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.